0: Welcome to the Marriage Today Podcast. I'm Jimmy Evans, this is my wife Karen. We're so glad that you're joining us in this uh, a podcast today. We're talking about flying high in marriage, but we're talking about when your marriage is on autopilot. Now this is a huge, huge issue in marriage that most people make the mistake, we made the mistake of putting our uh, marriage on autopilot, but basically not focusing, this was especially true of me, not really focusing on what we were doing, Had Uh, huge ramifications. It's in many people divorce because of this issue. So this is a really important teaching. Before we get to the teaching, Karen, uh, you have a question, first Mm -hmm. of all, from one of our listeners.
1: Yes, it says, my wife gives most of her time taking care of the kids. She says they won't be here forever. How do I get her to realize I'm important too?
0: Well, my book, The Four Laws of Love, Mm -hmm. I talk about the Genesis 2, verses 24 and 25. Those are the four laws of marriage that God instituted for every marriage. See, God says, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother. Now we Mm -hmm. have to remember, the the reason that we know that God didn't speak that only for Adam and Eve is they didn't have mothers. Mm -hmm. God created Adam and Eve directly. So when he said, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother, he's talking in perpetuity. That all marriages of all time, it's only gonna work if it's first, Mm -hmm. okay? For the sake of marriage, before you get married your mom and dad are your most important blood kin mm-hmm. but god says for the sake of marriage you're going to have to reprioritize your your family your blood family okay your children are not as important as your marriage mm-hmm. okay so when the when the wife here is saying she gives most of the time to her kids it's very short sighted because those kids are going to leave mm-hmm. and there's two things one is how are your children going to succeed in marriage if you don't show them how. Mm-hmm. If you sacrifice your marriage for the children, they have no model of marriage. The, the second thing is, when they leave, you don't have a marriage, mm-hmm. okay? Your your husband or your wife or whatever's bitter at you, because you just like if the husband worked too much and didn't come home, the wife will be bitter about that. Mm-hmm. So marriage has to be first. It will not work in any other position, and nothing except for Jesus Christ is important enough is putting your marriage second mm-hmm. for, but Jesus doesn't divide marriages, Jesus unites marriages. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's making a mistake here. And I think he should just lovingly tell her or ask her to go to counseling or something. But it's a huge mistake. Okay, let me let me have I have a question for you from one of our listeners. Okay. We're newlyweds, and my husband doesn't include me in his business decisions. I feel like he's trying to keep this separate. Aren't we supposed to share everything?
1: Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that can be a really um, difficult situation to navigate because I do think that the, one of the needs that women, women have is communication. Sure. And so if you're not involving her in your world, um, it's, it, sets, it, sets you, it sets you up for mistrust, it sets you up for suspicions of why wouldn't you? Why, I mean, why wouldn't you share everything? You're one. I mean, you got married to share life together. And I don't think that um, the business should be separate. It's not that she has to be in it controlling it. It's just that come home and talk about it. You know, share, share what's going on. And um, you always like to say, you, you tried to share headlines, but I'm not a headline person. Yeah. And so it's like, I need to know what's, you know, co- talk to me. And it's not because I needed to know to do something about it. It's because that's how I felt connected. Because when you're working uh-huh. all the time, and the wife, it, let's say she's home and she's not working. And the husband's gone all day working. You know, when he comes ho- home, he may be tired, but she is really hungry for some, you know, adult conversation. And right. he, she knows that that business is taking the majority of his time. And so, you know, just the, just the talking about it, keeping the, the light on so that there's no darkness and in, in hidden things, because that could be another situation that can harm a marriage is if you're hiding things. So right. just be open and honest.
0: Yeah, and it's a security issue for women, mm-hmm. you know, because he's making business decisions that obviously affect the finances of the home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a lot of friends and people that I've counseled who are very, very successful businessmen. Every one of their wives wants to be a partner. <laughs> Every one of their wives, and they don't want to necessarily control the business. Mm-hmm. They just want to know what's going on. And if there's a big decision being made that's going to affect the family, they want to be a part of that decision, mm-hmm. and I think that's fair. It will uh, we're going to go right now to the teaching, and I want to say, if you have questions uh, that you want to ask for Karen and me, you can send your questions to marriagetodaypodcast.com. We would love to get your questions and answer your questions. Now we're going to go to the teaching. A couple of years ago, Karen started accusing me of, of something. It's kind of hard to talk about, but, but one, one morning I was walking through the bedroom and Karen said, uh, you pulled the covers last night. She accused me of being a cover puller. And uh, 40 years of marriage, never happened before. I walked through the bedroom, she's making the bed. She said, You pulled the covers last night. And I said, No, I didn't. She said, Yeah, you did. And I said, No, Karen, I did not pull the covers. I do not pull the covers. There's nothing worse than a cover puller. There's like thieves, murderers, terrorists, and cover pullers. And I'm not a cover puller. She said, Yeah, you are a cover puller. You, co- you pull the covers a lot. I said, No, I don't. So I was. I, you know, kind of put out with that. And and so I went, I was staying in a hotel, I was speaking somewhere and I was by myself. So I woke up the next morning after, you know, when I was about to check out of my room and I was walking through and I looked at the bed and I noticed that I had pulled all the covers to my side. And for just a nanosecond, I thought Karen might be right. But then I realized, if you're sleeping by yourself, it's not cover pulling. It's just using all the available covers, right? Okay. and and said, by, by the way, I, I have a basic life principle that I'm not responsible for what I do when I'm unconscious. <laughs> How many men agree with that? I'm, only confront me for what I do when I'm conscious. If I'm unconscious, I don't want you talking to me about it. Anyway, so I, I thought maybe, maybe Karen was right, but, but I, then I realized not. So I go home, and so October of last year, we had the worst night that we've ever had together. It was just cover wars all night long, and Karen was pulling the covers, horribly pulling the covers all night long. And about middle of the night, I'm starting to get cold. I realize the covers are off the bed. All I've got is just one cover left and the main cover's been pulled off the bed. And I'm just thinking, what is wrong with her? She is trying to accuse me of pulling the covers when in fact, she's the cover puller in the family. She's trying to blame me, but she pulled the cover. So I get out of bed the next morning and I step out of bed and I step on something. And I realize it's the blanket. It's on my side of the bed. And at first I think I pulled the covers completely off the bed last night. And that's what was happening. But then I realized Karen pulled them off and she came over and planted it on my side. <laughs> so later, all the guys understand this. So I stepped out of bed and the covers were on my side. Okay? So I'm walking through the bedroom later uh, in the morning and Karen is standing next to the covers like she's been waiting there for me to walk through. And I walked through and she said, see what you did last night? And I said, yeah, yeah. And I walked through, well, that's kind of the day that I realized I had a, I had a problem. And I could see myself sitting in a group saying, hi, I'm Jimmy and I'm a cover puller. <laughs> everybody says, hi, Jimmy. And you know, I just, it, it, I couldn't believe it, first of all. I couldn't believe that I pulled the covers all the way off the bed. And, and so I told Karen, and, and she also accused me of snoring. And, um, about the same time. And I said, I don't snore. Then the neighbors called and that's why we were mowing the yard at night. And I said, we're unconscious, leave us alone. And, but this is not about cover pulling. It's about a dynamic in marriage that happens once we've been married for a while. Man, just about everybody goes through this dynamic, but it's a very dangerous dynamic. And, and that's where I was. Karen had been saying to me for a couple of years that, you know, that I was pulling the covers. And my response to that was, no, I'm not. I, I didn't. And she would say to me, I couldn't sleep last night because you were pulling the covers or you were snoring or whatever. Well, I stopped pulling the covers. As soon as she said that about me sleeping with her, what I realized was I didn't care. I was not caring about how she slept, I was not caring about her experience sleeping. All I was caring about was myself. And, And here's the dynamic that happens in marriage once we get comfortable with the relationship, we begin to focus on other things and we put the relationship on autopilot. And that's when everything bad happens in marriage is when we hit autopilot. In dating, the thing about dating and when you're newly married is you're highly focused on your spouse And everything that happens to them is very important to you. You want them to enjoy you. You want them to enjoy what you say and what you do. You're highly focused. You're very proactive in pleasing each other. But the longer you stay married, there is the, the process that we go through that we hit autopilot, we begin to take each other for granted. And then our spouse begins to complain about stuff and it actually annoys us. Whereas before we wanted to hear it and before we were very receptive to what they were saying, now we've become insensitive to it. Well, I'm gonna talk about flying. I'm a pilot and I fly a plane, a little plane. I just fly a single engine plane, but I'm a pilot. And I wanna talk about autopilot. Now, this would surprise some people to know, but a lot of pilots don't know how to fly very well because of autopilot. One of my friends runs a charter service, a flying charter service, and he hired a commercial pilot to fly for him, like you know, twin engine props and King Airs and things like that. And this pilot of about 30 years went to work for him, and my friend hired him immediately when he knew that he was a commercial pilot and had all these you know, 15,000 hours flying. And the guy, when he took the job, this pilot said, well, I'm gonna have to brush up on my skills because it's been a while since I've flown. And my friend said, what do you mean it's been a while since you've flown? You're a commercial pilot. He said, the plane that I fly, I drive to the runway, push a button, it takes itself off, flies all the way there, lands itself, and I park it back at the gate. Flying has become so sophisticated that some of the crashes that you're hearing about are actually the autopilot disengaging, and the pilots don't have the skills to fly the plane without that autopilot. And so my plane has autopilot. There's a little little button right on the dash that once I take off, I can pre-program the autopilot, I take off, I get up in the air, and I can hit autopilot, it'll fly me all the way to the runway. Now my plane won't land itself, but I can fly it all the way to the runway, click off of autopilot and land the plane. But the more you use autopilot, the more you lose the skills of flying. And more and more, what my friends and I, what we do is we hand fly up to altitude. We hand fly for a long time, and then we hand fly down. When you're, when you're on autopilot, first of all, you lose skills. Secondly is you become distracted. And so when I'm flying my plane by hand, I am extremely sensitive to the entire aircraft and what's going on. I'm flying it. And if I just barely pull my yoke over, that plane's gonna turn this way. If I barely push it forward, it's gonna go nose down. Whatever I'm doing with my feet, with my hands, I'm totally in control of that plane, and I'm very, very sensitive to it. The minute I hit autopilot, here's the way I fly. Looking down at the ground. You know, I'm still engaged with my instruments and everything here. We listen to XM radio, we'll listen to golf or listen to football or listen to something like that. We'll listen to the radio. But as soon as we hit autopilot, we are not sensitive to the airplane any longer because we know that autopilot's flying the plane. But ultimately, you become unconscious. There there are pilots that hit autopilot and go to sleep. There have been commercial pilots that have overflown their destination because they got up in the air, they had autopilot, and they actually went to sleep. Here's what happens in marriage. The minute you hit autopilot, you begin to lose the skills of relationship. Now listen, there are couples that have been married for one year that have better relationship skills than couples been married for 40 years. You've been on autopilot for so long, maybe not completely in the relationship. Karen and I, when Karen was complaining to me about you know pulling covers and things like that, I mean, I wasn't, I, we hit, were on autopilot in our relationship, but I was in that area of our relationship. And it worried me when Karen said that and I realized how bad I'd been pulling the covers. I just thought, you know, I really am checked out in that area and I hope there are other areas that I'm not checked out also. But you lose the skills. As soon as you put your relationship on autopilot, you actually begin to lose the skills of relationship and you begin to lose awareness of your spouse. And what's going on in their life. And ultimately, you just become, like I said, don't, don't confront me on what I'm doing when I'm unconscious. We shouldn't be unconscious in marriage. For example, when I, when I wake up at night now, I told Karen, I said, you know, Karen, I can't do anything about cover pulling. I asked, There's two things I can do about cover pulling. Okay, you're, you're semi-conscious, you know, when you're rolling over at night. So the first thing I do is I roll toward her, not away from her. When I'm rolling over at night, and when I roll away from Karen, I push the covers her way. Okay, before, for two years, I kept saying, I'm not pulling the covers. I'm not a cover puller. Now, I'm I'm highly sensitive when I'm in bed of what's happening to Karen all night long, which before I wasn't. That's what I'm talking about. You've got to click off. I've got two buttons in my plane. I've got a button right here that says AP. That's autopilot. I've got a button on my yoke that's a red button that says AP, and that's how you click off autopilot. I want everybody clicking off autopilot tonight. If you've been in any area of your relationship, you're losing, if you're on autopilot in any area, you're losing the skills of relating and you're losing awareness of each other. And it's a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. God said, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother. Well, how do we know that God wasn't just saying that to Adam and Eve? How do we know that God was also saying that to us? Because Adam and Eve didn't have a mother. God directly created Adam and Eve. They were the only people ever created that didn't have a belly button. So God says, for this cause, a man is gonna leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they two shall become one flesh. Marriage has to be first. Now listen to me, when you break a law, you're gonna get hurt. Marriage operates within God's laws. Karen and I violated every law of marriage when we first got married, and we were on the brink of divorce. And so when you understand the laws of marriage and you understand it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, how rich you are, how talented you are, no one is the exception. Gravity doesn't care who you are, it will drag you down and kill you. It doesn't care who you are. It's, it's an impersonal thing. The laws of marriage will help anyone succeed or if you violate them, anyone will fail. Okay, number one law, marriage has to be first. For this cause a man will leave his father and mother, the most important relationship that you had before you got married, now has to be reprioritized in real terms. Okay, So here's what I'm saying. If your job comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If your children come before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If any friendship you have comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. Let me say, here's, here's the so that's just true. But here's the special challenge that our generation has. It's called electronics. Now, listen to what happened in this room. I don't know if it happened in other places. The, the rumble. So, people say all the time, my spouse is sitting across the room from me, but they're not with me. They're they're on their phone. They're texting. I can't. We're not we're not connecting because they're connected somewhere else. When when you when you bring when you open up an electronic instrument, okay. Now, Karen and I on Facebook. We Facebook on Marriage Today. We don't do Facebook. One one statistic I read said that one third of all affairs begin on Facebook. And one half of divorce petitions have the word Facebook on them. Okay, so I'm saying, if I, if I said to you here, I would like to hand you this, and it's probably gonna help you a whole lot have an affair and get divorced, would you, would you accept that? And I'm not saying anything bad about Facebook. I'm saying you need a technology-free zone in your home where you are together and no one else is there with you. And if you can't shut your phone off or shut your computer down, it means it's in control of you. You're not in control of it. Technology is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible master. And technology is destroying marriages. It's keeping us from connected. If you're sitting in the same room and you're both on the computer talking to somebody else, you're not with each other. Karen and I used to come home. I would come home, we would eat together as a family. We would put our children to bed. We taught them to respect our marriage. They knew that they had a certain time, up to a certain time of night was their time. And then we put them to bed and then it was our time. And we went into the bedroom and we had a little area, a little sitting area. When we went into the bedroom, we popped popcorn and we, without television, without any, anyone or anything uh, you know, distracting us, we would sit and talk face to face for an hour or two. And I look back on that as some of the most important time in our marriage, connecting every single day. But I hear people right now telling me all the time, we just don't have any connection. You know, it's, it, but they're texting, they're, they're emailing, they're, they're on the telephone, there's the constant intrusion there. The number one law of marriage is your marriage has to be first in real terms. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how busy you are, it doesn't matter how talented you are, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter.